Wait, no, we're not doing this right Yes, now. we what's are. Hello, this is Riley, and go this is Lane. We are thought processing. I'm watching, I need to wash clothes. I have a fortune cookie. Give me five seconds. Five seconds. Five. Four. Can we kick it? Yes, you can. Woo! All right. Well, we may have used that intro. We we have used that intro. Yeah, just... we used. Uh, he just started, and I was fully washing clothes, and I was like, "No, I'm washing clothes." But now we're here, and we're back, baby. I don't listen to you. Episode three. I know. I've noticed this. <laughs> yeah, good old episode numero. Tress. Yes. And we're back. And are like you like we never left? I guess it's my turn to start today. Is that true? Because we've I'm always gonna... just done me start then you finish. But like I guess can we It's we, we... my turn. We're switching. Yeah, Did you switch read my fortune cookie? It's time to do something new. Yeah. Uh, you've already had a push pop for the first time. <laughs> I was very confused of, of the <laughs> use of that instrument. <laughs> But uh, we are ready for a new day. It's actually a little bit later today. I know, and it's not Friday morning, it's Thursday. It is, well, you didn't have to say that, I'm going to post this on Friday morning. Oh, well, you don't post the other ones, you post the other ones on Saturday. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Either way, it's a different day, it's a different morning, it's later, it's not 7.30 in the morning. It is, it is good old 10, and we are ready for some serious topics for this morning with some funny dialogue between me and you because so, we're idiots and this is right. thought processing. Yeah, we're so processing I, thoughts. And we say that at one time, it's like, oh, taking a very a very wrinkly brain subject, making it smooth. It's how we do. That's okay. how we do. But for this morning, um, for this first conversation we shall talk about, we are going to talk about postmodernism, which we have already talked about on episodes we have deleted. <laughs> yeah. Well, privatized, not deleted. But it's a good episode. We just talked about some things we didn't want to re- reveal to later. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about Walter, which is what we talked about that deleted episode. We will just talk about postmodernism and something that interested me a lot about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You should probably tell us what postmodernism is, Riley, so that the, uh... I probably should. I'm just going to start this with my fascination and the whole idea of it, okay? So, specifically today, we will be talking about the difference between postmodernism and an imaginative, is that a word? Imaginary sense. Yeah. Versus a real world um, concept. Alright? So, as postmodernism is basically the idea that there is no one truth. The idea that any how would you explain this properly? Is it like that anything can be true and that yes. anything that is can be false, basically? Basically, okay. basically, exactly. So the way I like to explain it a lot, I like to use analogies a lot. We've already talked about this. Yeah. I'm going to use another one. I call it, I'll make up a name for it because I actually really named it 
a name for it. It's called the <laughs> dot bear analogy. We'll call it the dot bear analogy. Okay. So if I were to draw a dot, Leonard, just poke, just poke the paper. I, I just poke or circle, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a bear. I point towards that dot and I'm like, hey, this dot you see here, it's not dot, it's bear. This is what we classify as bear in this drawing imaginary world. Technically, to the eyes of postmodernism, that is incorrect. Because I have created a new world with new rules, and in this new world of new rules, this dot is bear. (laughs) It's not dot, it's simply bear. And bear can have whatever attributes I want to, because it's like, oh, this bear can actually move around and wherever it wants to, or just, it is a dot, and yet it's called bear. Mm -hmm. That is an idea I like to think about a lot when trying to explain it to people. A lot of people are so confused because that's just sort of a stupid idea almost, and it sort of sounds like there's no meaning to it. But you can go a lot deeper than that. That's literally the simplest concept you could have from that idea. Because postmodernism is like like a video game. It's like, oh, I make anything. I can classify anything. Basically, imagination in totality. Or... Surrealism, specifically, is what I wanted to talk about. Sure. So, like, you see a lot of strange paintings in museums. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm just walking around a college campus. You'll see, you know, <laughs> it's like uh, some weird crap <laughs> just on the street. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, why is there a ginormous toothpaste tube there? <laughs> I don't know why, but with postmodernism, it's like you also can find any truth from that. Yeah. So you, I see exactly, I know exactly what you mean, and that's made fun of a lot, like, in media, as being like, you don't understand my art, mom, <laughs> it's beautiful, and it's just like a telephone pole that's been hit by a car, and you're like, wow, who got in an accident? They're like, it's not an, it's not an accident. It's a Banksy. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it's like, at times, w- with anything, there is... A place where it's like, okay, that actually doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, at least... Comedy is taking the bare essentials of something and just simply joking about it. So you can you can have fun with anything, really, as long as it's not... I mean, Co- you but the thing is, is comedy really. in itself is, in a way, postmodernistic. Because yeah. the best way to define comedy, at least in my eyes, is to create an imaginary world like uh, try to take the listener of whoever you're taking the joke to into an imaginary world and compare it to our world and be like this is how ridiculous our world is now laugh at it yeah <laughs> it's like okay for example the one joke i think everyone has heard in, in middle school at one time is like oh oh how many police does it take to rescrew a right <laughs> light bulb they never will, because everybody's heard that joke, though. We're, I haven't heard that joke! You never heard that gonna, joke? Listen, you need That's to That's middle school, that and it's pain You need joke. to redact that joke. I'm using an example. Oh, my gosh. You can put it all... You can put all of this in, just redact the punchline of that joke. That's all I'm asking you for. <laughs> anyone oh who has gosh. heard that... Anyone who has heard that joke before will understand what, what oh. I'm saying by that. Basically, you're taking a really sensitive topic, yeah. compare it using an imaginary situation, and comparing it to be like, oh, wait, why do, or I guess we'll cut this out, but why do police beat black people? It <laughs> makes no sense. I see. Exactly. It, makes, it makes racism an entirely, an entirely abstract and just like strange idea. 
Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Is because like once you take anything down to its bare essentials, like from even like these like very large, very like you know um, problematic topics, like you know racism, sexism, all the main things that are wrong with our world, war, you know people, you know blah 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 about yeah. that. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. name anything, put anything in the blank here. Um, but once you take a concept like that and you just sort of deconstruct it and you just sort of start te- like. Once you start thinking about anything for a long time, really, it just starts getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you it's can like, just laugh at it. Like you said before about social norms, it's like, oh, it's just weird. Yeah. Is the more you think about this stuff, is the more that it is weird. Yeah, the more, and the so more that's you just think about it, the more it just kind of, and the but, more you can and so that play is, off of that. In, a in a way, that is another point of postmodernism: is that you take, you take art. And you can take art, and you can change whatever you want about said art, or say anything you want about said art, to make like, yeah. the to make the viewer of art mm-hmm. have a different perspective upon life. Yeah. Or you take um, said art and say, "This is my meaning," but you can derive whatever meaning out of it that you can out of it like a bunny in a snow a white bunny in a snowstorm I'm pretty sure that's a famous a rabbit in a snowstorm yes yeah, that's that one where it's like oh it's just shades of white mm-hmm. it's like okay but it just makes you think oh but like like yeah then the, you can also then the, some... the story was dad brings a white piece of paper to his kid and he hands it to him and he goes you know what that is and he's like it's a piece of paper and he's like no it's a rabbit in a snowstorm <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but the then, like, the kid can grow up, and then maybe his dad dies. And then he's like, <laughs> okay. oh, whenever he see, never, never, whenever he looks at the piece of paper, then he has a different meaning to him than other people. Yeah. You know? I know what you mean. That's the idea of art. In and it's shared experience. Shared experience, um, different experience. Just Art can bring people together in such interesting ways, but it can also be used in such, in a very negative way. Um, because with the idea of postmodernism, you can also be like, okay, you can take a very wholesome and great idea, yeah, and then you can take turn it dark, or you can turn it into not exactly dark because I think like dark themes and stuff are very good to see in art and media because they we they do need to be addressed, but at the same time, when you have something wholesome and you just take it, you sort of corrupt that. Yeah, there's a difference between corruption and like a diagnosis. You know? Sure. It's like if you're in a doctor's office, it's like, okay, yes, there is something bad there. It needs to be found and dealt and dealt with. Mm-hmm. Versus like injecting someone with poison and then like instantly after that being like, Oh, this guy's this guy's sick. Oh no. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I loved your the- I loved this analogy until you said the poison thing and then you kinda threw me for a loop there, but <laughs> I love it besides well, Yeah, that. but it's like purposely making something sick that was already healthy. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I see Bam. what you mean now. Okay, then yeah. That 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 took me for a second. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think that's enough to say upon it almost. Okay, but, so what were you going to... So now that we've we've talked about how it can be used and how it can be used for good or used for bad, how do you want to use it in the future without getting too specific? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think... I think basically it just really defines my way of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Is that 
like no matter what story you make it's never truly the real world and you can take whatever you want from that i think a lot of people are very scared to put out ideas because in the real world those ideas are seen as wrong and even so like even if you make a story and that is technically it has all like these horrible themes in it that even the creator would disagree with you're still creating a story sure it's it's entirely fictional and it's entirely as long as it is used in the way that isn't just making i would guess edgy content basically Mm -hmm. it's just like stabbing somebody with a poison needle and being like oh wait you're sick oh no how'd that happen (laughs) making a problem out of nothing as long as i'm diagnosing something Mm -hmm. then i'll be happy with it at whatever work i'm doing to make people change their perspectives on whether it be uh the negative view upon christianity or then just how our world is going with social media, blah, 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 blah. The insert a topic, yeah. Yeah. The insert a theme, basically. Yeah. To open people's eyes to an extent. Yeah, and to try and honestly like connect with an audience and be like, hey, I see this as a problem. And even afterwards, like, look at Bo Burnham's Inside. That's such... I think there's so much postmodernism in that because there's so many different ways you can take so many different themes in that. But even now, after it's made, people have, like made so much content about it yeah. and, like, memified it so much that it yeah. seems to have lost a lot of the meaning. But the meaning is still there. So yes. e- even if it, even if a few people are helped by my stuff and then it is widely recognized as, like, make, made into edgy content when I actually know that if it, die, it maybe helped a few people, then I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess that's really, most of all, in the very simplistic form of what I have to say about that, I'd like to go... Just talk about about like physical postmodernism real quick, because while when making any sort of content, postmodernism works. When you're drawing, when you're making a movie, when you're making music, blah 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 blah, because you're creating a new world. Mm-hmm. But when you try to take postmodernistic ideas and apply it to our own world, yeah, where it's like okay, I the one that is used all the time. It's like, okay, I have wings. I'm going to jump off this building and fly when actually you're going to fall to your death. Mm. It's like that in a very metaphorical sense defines the whole idea of how it's bad in the world. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, okay. How it can be used poorly. Yeah, it it helps you run away from any of the stuff you actually have to deal with Mm. rather than helping you run uh, help give you the ability to face the stuff you have to deal with better. Hmm. And it, it, running away versus running towards, like running through your problems. Yes. I would guess. Yes. Going through your problems, and your problems will always still be there. So it's like, okay, um, don't be afraid of the rainstorm, but learn to dance in the rain. Sorry, right again. Or it's like, okay, just That's be. Th- there is a, a lot, of badness in the world. But use these different ideas that, and look at your life from a different perspective mm-hmm. and maybe find the goodness even of bad situations and don't stay in those situations or realize that the situation is actually helpful in some ways and take stuff from those situations. Mm-hmm. So that your life, no matter how shitty or crappy or whatever it is or what has happened to you, even some really bad stuff has happened to you that I couldn't even 
comprehend. I believe, basically with all my heart, that somebody can take their situation and use it eventually for good. No matter what it is. To take a negative into a positive. It's still a negative. But to derive things from that to help other people. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 a serious topic for this conversation. Well, now I feel like what I'm going to say is just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to talk on minute... Uh, minute fifteen. That flew by fast. You ready? Well, you ready for my topic, everybody? You know how we just had this brilliant conversation and this big brained idea. It's not even big brain. But it was yes. pretty big brain compared to most of the conversations I've had throughout my life with any human being. <laughs> Which is why I love this podcast. Is because I could sit down and have these like mind bending. And now it's time. Satanic panic, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We're talking about satanic panic. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. A little history lesson for you kids. I'm a bit of a history nerd. Uh, back in the 1980s, um, this group of uh, very religious, very, um, uh, as they called themselves, morally upstanding people decided to... Also known as moms. <laughs> moms and grandmas. Um, decided to basically just go on strike against all what they saw as satanic imagery. So a lot of books that are widely reviewed as like classics and things today, like, I mean, like anything from To Kill a Mockingbird to like, I mean, you know, any of the classic, anything with any like foul language in it, even if it's like he said, trying to show you a point and tell you how bad it is, but show you the good in it as well. You know, any, no matter what the purpose of the book was, they just saw what they thought was bad stuff. Like, um, swear words or uh any kind of satanic imagery like harry potter immediately they were like nope uh dungeons and dragons i will admit has a lot of demonic imagery in it Indeed. however <laughs> however they just saw D and like the use of demons in that content and was like no and there was so much book burning basically and so much just it is the strangest <laughs> concept of censoring Stuff for anything, yeah, for just focusing on one tiny thing about such a vast spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. Because the, the concept of book burning, I mean, going back to you know Nazi Germany, going back to even before that, the concept of stripping the public of their history is so like terrible. It's one of the worst things Should that we? can be done. Yeah, it, it's still happening to an extent. Like I it's know. So weird. Uh, my, one of my favorite Rage Against the Machine lyrics is they don't gotta burn the books, they just remove them. And I love that because I, again, this makes me think about stuff like this, which is, I think it's, I might have heard that song and thought, you know what, I'm gonna do Satanic Panic this week on my thing. But my whole thing with Satanic Panic is, um, I guess chill out <laughs> for a little bit. Chill your gosh darn beans, bud. That's right. And... I mean, because even my own family, my own grandmother, I was like, Grandma, I want to read Harry Potter when I was like seven. Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You will not be reading the Satan's literature. <laughs> Get out of here, foul demons. What are you doing to my child? <laughs> yes, basically. And, I mean, it's just so inane to me. Because I, I agree that there is some stuff, there is some stuff content-wise that should not be shown to, like, children and things. But, like, Harry Potter... Are you kidding me? Like, 
It you know literally, what? okay, there's so many, let, let's just talk about Harry Potter real quick and what yeah. the actual meaning that can be derived from Harry Potter is. Harry Potter's that, a children's book, first of all. I mean, like, I know it's widely, like, it, loved by all, but, like, it is also a I would. Book. I wouldn't say, it goes from children's books to teen books in a spectrum. Sure. As the children grow up. Yeah, because still. You, I've read the Harry Potter books, like, fairly recently, like, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So... I know, I still have it fairly fast in my mind. I've only watched the Harry Potter movies very recently, back in like 2019. Really? Uh, so I haven't, I've seen one Harry Potter movie in the last five years. I mean, 2020 even, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I saw one Harry Potter movie in the last five years, and I went to Universal, just, and like, full-on experienced Harry Potter world, having not remembered like most of the things from Harry Potter. <laughs> Well, good job. <laughs> Thank you. I see pictures of you on your Instagram with like a Harry Potter robot. It's like, oh well, man, okay. that guy's true fan. I still love Harry Potter. I just haven't, I just haven't kept up with it. Uh, okay, I did see Fantastic Beasts, like both of them in theaters. Those I good. do love those. those I do great. love those. I think I think it's a small problem, but for most part, parts, good. Yeah, anyway, Harry, some, po- yeah. Harry Potter is such a helpful del. Dev- de- oh my. Goodness, you're fine. <laughs> Develop mental novel series of yeah. like, okay, these people going through literally almost being killed and losing their parents and blah blah blah. Like Hermione, yeah. yeah. Each different character has their own specific things that uh, a young girl or dude can connect with. Yeah. So you got Hermione Granger. Is like the well, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> she goes from she goes from nerd and then is widely recognized as like one of the hottest, most crushed on characters all time. So maybe she's not the most relatable. Yeah, and maybe that's another problem with society is that we've taken like this like strong <laughs> independent female character and we've just like simped over her as a society. Well, cause, for me personally, at least, <laughs> it's because she's a strong, independent, a smart character. Okay, well bro. I'll give you that. Though. I'm like. Oh, this chick's wicked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. She's so smart. I just want to give her a hug. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> going past my She's admiration so for Hermione <laughs> Granger. Oh my gosh. Okay, but yeah, but th- these are very relatable characters, and definitely anybody can see themselves in these characters and their experiences, and they can see the growth of these characters as well as the growth of the author as she writes them. And I know that J.K. Rowling has been uh, very widely criticized as of recently, but I'm not going to talk about that because I just don't want to. <laughs> it's we're talking we're talking about her work, not her. Yes, exactly. I believe that you can very strongly. What's the idea of postmodernism here? Wow, look at that. Uh, <laughs> that you can divide a artist and their art. Yes. And, entirely. Um, something as well, like my, um, my one of my good friend Charles, uh, he does a thing where like he doesn't agree. There's no way. I just said his name and he's calling me on the phone. <laughs> There's no way. All right, I'm going to hang up. But <laughs> listen, so... <laughs> you summoned him. Uh, Satan is with us. <laughs> no, but uh, Charles and Satan is the funniest thing. If you knew my friend Charles at all, audience, you would think that's the funniest thing in the world. But no, so uh, he does this thing where like he buys like Harry Potter merch, but he doesn't agree with J.K. Rowling and her views. So he'll buy something opposite her views. Like he'll donate to a charity opposite her views every single time he buys. Something. Every single time he buys something. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing. I just wanted to bring up real quick. Because, like, even if you don't support it, uh, like, someone, like, a content creator because of their views, there are ways you to know, get around that. Yeah, you could just b- balance your mind out <laughs> balance with it, your yeah. moolah. Balance, balance uh-huh. the world. Even the scales, you know? The, the classic Libra mentality. Yeah. Mm. All right, so. D&D. Yes. Let's more satanic panic stuff. D&D and after that Magic the Gathering, both. They, they talk about high fantasy things, and so these are like dwarves, elves, you know, all this stuff. But that's also, yeah, the, when, it, when it comes with that, there's also forces of good and evil, like angels and demons and things. And, you know, there are, you know, like... Um, the, th- the thing that I think D&D is the strangest thing to have Satanic Panic over, which I don't I understand why. Mm-hmm. You, we have to try to understand the perspective of them. As, as like, Absolutely. Oh, it's just it's just a lot of Satan everything. It's obviously a stupid thought to have, but right, they simply but didn't understand it. At the same time, even when I started playing D anD D, like my first character was a tiefling uh, bard, and so I a tiefling is isn't like, a tiefling. No, I think it's a tiefling. I'm almost positive. Whatever, go on. Anyway, um, it's a tiefling bard, and a tiefling is like a like devil creature basically and I, I had horns and like you know creek brown skin and like cat eyes and wing, like bat wings leathery bat wings yeah. so i was basically like this demon demonic looking thing like my character was so pure and wholesome and like i was trying to explain to my mom like my character because i was very excited to play D and i was like hey i i'm a i'm making this character he's gonna be a tiefling because his granddad made like a deal with the devil or whatever and she was like what? <laughs> what, is, what is these horrid things here? So I guess, I mean, I guess I can see where you're coming from as, like, as a Christian myself, seeing, like, <clears throat> seeing something as, like, Satan's influence over the world or whatever, and seeing, like, oh, no, these these kids are trying to, like, be demons, basically. You know what I'm saying? These are They're trying it's, to, like... I wouldn't agree with any. <laughs> And thought like, process of that. No, kind. I I don't either. But like I I see I see the thought process because like as well like what my that in that same campaign that I was a tiefling bard, uh, one of my good friends made a character who was a uh, gunslinger, but their family worshipped Tiamat, which is basically Dragon Satan. <laughs> um, well, I, so like I love to worship Dragon Satan. Oh well, though. there's also Bahamut, which is Dragon Jesus. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so there's there's dichotomy. <laughs> the dragon shall crush the other dragon's heel with the head with his heel. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But it's entirely... Let's go back on the idea of... Ooh, whole postmodernism just bucket over here. Okay. Mr. D&D, postmodernism. TNT is entirely filled with that. Because you're making... Another yeah. world. Yeah. And so exactly. any of the ideas or any of the stuff you ever present in that yeah. is entirely fictional. And as long as you make a good story, then I'm all down. Exactly. And like even like So my you youth can minister, have like big old sorry, go on. No, you're fine. My youth ministers, like my youth minister and his wife, like we've played D and D together before and it's one of the most fun things ever. And in no way is that at all like them encouraging me to do anything satanic because they have like encouraged yeah. me in my faith like more than almost anybody that I know, and like the, the fact that they play D and D and we play D and D together is not bad it at is, all. It's, it is in a very way a way to connect people in a way yes. where they can. It's basically acting practice. Yeah, and it's you it, role there play. is there is no one definite game. Well, 
in ways there are there are like certain um, there are pre-made adventures and everything but no adventure is the same in in many ways uh, no adventure is ever the same and most times pre-made adventures are never used and it is entirely just a um what is the word i'm looking for you think like a platform yeah like a platform or like like a starting like blank sheet yeah to work upon yeah um, work on your own story or whatever with your own friends. Yeah. So you could literally have like an entire, an entire playthrough where all of the names of your characters are just you, and like your stats are based around like oh like your friends' interests and stuff like that. And then you can go to like some magical world and like meet your favorite video game characters or whatever. And then you have to like kill. Zelda or yeah. something because she became evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a YouTube series. Um, it's a channel called Dimension Twenty, and one of the campaigns they did was they were all serial mascot characters, <laughs> and the campaign was that they had to sneak into this person's house past their dog and parents, and uh, get to the kids' rooms and convince them to eat the cereal. Like that was the whole point. So, so this is why the idea <laughs> in the base idea of D and D being something that is like very negative like mm-hmm. satanic panicky yeah. is that it's literally not yeah. in in the definition of the game that there's literally a blank slate and you can do whatever you want with it mm-hmm. is that to say oh you can't play this game because i have to define it as something is that it's <laughs> undefinable yeah I, exactly and that's why like people people see what they want to see when they want to hate something, they think, oh, I'm going to hate what my kid... I, I, don't, I don't know, parents don't just go, oh, I'm going to hate what my kids do. But, like, they think, okay, let me let me check on my kids. Let me let me sort of micromanage. Let me control them and their interests. Let me say, here's what you can and can't do. I don't want you to do this because of this. They don't even... They haven't even, like... They would never even know. Yeah, and sometimes D&D can be a negative thing. Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. As because... in with everything. Like... As in with everything, though. Yeah, there's and always it, bad. It depends on... Like, <laughs> no matter what you have. I played a D&D campaign at school. Oh, no. I did not... I know where this is going. <laughs> Do you remember Fergtown, man? No. <laughs> I just know... Dude, at school, we had, like, an anime slash Japanese club. Gaming club, I yeah. was a gaming... I was a nerd, and I like gaming. I wasn't in any way like... Similar in many ways to many of these other people, mm-hmm. but I was just chilling with these bros and girls, <laughs> dudes and dudettes, and a few of them were furries and stuff. And they this DM made an entire campaign, which I only like sat. I never played it, mm-hmm. but I like sat there played as an NPC once, mm-hmm. and like sort of watched it all unfold. Where one character was Shaggy, and there were like all different members of like I think the Mystery Incorporated thing, if I remember correctly, and they went to Furry Town, and one of them got attacked by, you know, like, those tentacle monsters. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, that's all I have to say, is that there can definitely, with the idea of a blank sheet, people can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. And that thing was hilarious, but it was also (laughs) very not wholesome. Indeed. Uh, Someone that I used to work with, they were telling me about their D&D campaign. This was, like, the most, like, wholesome, like, upright man I've ever met in my life. should count how many times we say wholesome in this podcast, because it's going to be a lot. We should have a wholesome counter on screen. (laughs) But no, he, uh... 
this man, he was telling me, he goes, I missed out on my D&D campaign once. Like, I wasn't there for one week, and I come back, and you know what the group did without me? They just started committing war crimes. They, like, kidnapped a dwarf and were, like, breaking his kneecaps, like, for information. They're, like, they just went and just started, like, doing the most war crimes you could possibly think of. War, ki- war crime counter up on screen, everybody. <laughs> war crime counter. Uh, and it's not for the times we say war crimes, it's how many war crimes Riley and Lane actually <laughs> actually commit. How many push pops can we use to commit <laughs> war crimes? Uh, but no, and so like, with with the thought of back circling all the way back around to where it started with Satanic Panic, which was, let's censor media. Let's, let's take these things that, like he said with postmodernism, have the concept to be whatever they want to be, have the concept for good. You have the concept, because, like, there are so many, like, depressing books out there, and, like, books with, like, very, very dark themes that are now banned because of those dark themes, when, in fact, the, the books themselves talk about the light in spite of the darkness, and... Like, I'm using To Kill a Mockingbird, again, for, as an example, which very heavily touches on racism, and there's a lot of explicit language in that book, but th- that's not a reason to ban it, because that was history at one point, and it's not encouraging that history to come back, it's not encouraging people to talk like it's that. recognizing it's there. It's recognizing it's there, and that we should grow past that, and then that is that is not acceptable anymore, They're... and that we need to be better than that as people, and that... Atticus Finch is one of the best characters in any, just anything. <laughs> one of the best characters ever made, honestly. And he is just such, like, it is such a good, I'm going to use it again, wholesome, <laughs> yet d- darkly themed book. But, like, it is amazing. And the fact that people would be like, oh, it says this word, I'm going to set it on fire. Yeah, yeah, what? Now, now we can't let have, have these children experience these characters which can literally yes. change their lives and sh- and show them open their eyes to these things and show them how to be better people show them how to move past it yeah yes. show them how to instead of doing these bad it things it has the instead <laughs> yes the, yes everything everything that people try to ban has an instead and in in most scenarios in some things yeah. i understand oh, like have- i remember i remember that in 2014 they came out with the movie the interview which was just mocking north korea and kim jong un was like i'm going to bomb your country if you release this movie and they did it anyway like that was one of the times when i was like if our country was threatened with like nuclear war over a movie i might not release that and movie. it's well, well <laughs> screw them you know we wanted big a big well, they did it anyway and like we're fine now at the moment like knock on wood yeah. but- <laughs> ken jong-un bet <laughs> oh no oh man is that a challenge is that a challenge bro oh my okay. gosh all right um i want to talk about music for with that idea too okay sure. okay let's look at this is what is in my mind right now, but XXX Tentacion. Sure. Or, like, or like Juice World or things yeah. like that. I think that that, in a way, is a small example, in some ways, in some lyrics of songs, as a reason of showing what is negative about like like that even you can get too negative because mm-hmm. I think I listen to a lot of XXX's songs and I think that a lot of them are good but I think that it's like little parts of the songs with little little lyrics where it's like oh I'm not 
he's telling about his life, and but in a way, he's also promoting it. Mm-hmm. And small ways. Like, not in the full lyrics. I guess we could pull some lyrics up that I could, like, I guess, explain that thought. But it also could be that I have a different perspective on that than someone else. It's like sure. someone else could take those same lyrics that I'm listening to being like, right. this is this is making me uncomfortable because I think everyone at some point has had these thoughts and I can imagine some people, even though he has passed, that somebody would take that and also also um, think about suicide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if that's the best. <laughs> like it can, be, it, sure. it can be taken either way, but whether or not it's truly promoting one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you could really be like, you should kill yourself, you should kill yourself, you should kill yourself, and somebody's like... We're definitely getting demonetized for this video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. We're not getting monetized anyway. I know, I was just kidding, but like, I just thought that it's was a like, good... <laughs> it's like, but someone could be actually be saying like, oh, but it's other people telling him that he should kill himself. Well, so I... Like, which, in examples, there is cases like that, mm-hmm. but then also... Well, because, like, Bo Burnham has a song called Kill Yourself. Yeah. And in that song, he encourages the audience... To kill themselves. To kill themselves. But then, like, mid... Like, after the first chorus, he says something along the lines of, like, suicide is a terrible thing, and, like, if you're struggling, you need to talk to somebody, and, like, I'm not trying to, like... You but know, if you listen to Car- Katy Perry's music... You should kill yourself. You kill yeah, but, which is why it's, like, the dichotomy of com- comedy, which is where he's like, you should not kill yourself, but I'm going to make a song I'm telling you which should kill yourself you because sh- it's funny. Which is what I was going to go into, is that that is comedy. Yeah. That is that is the idea of it. With a song like XX or Juice World or anything like that, Yeah. where it's saying that and it's taking entirely seriously. Mm-hmm. At least... At least... To me, like a yes. lot of times in high school, or not even a lot of times, all the time in high school, middle school, everything is taken as a joke. Yeah. That's just the society today. And that should be understood because at your school time that you try to make something that isn't a joke, then it's going to be taken that way, such as Bo Burnham's Inside Now, or mm-hmm. anything that is good and nice and wonderful in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Duality of comedy. Use it as to make everything shit, use it to show how our world shit. And how it shouldn't be better. You're going down two different paths. It's all crap. <laughs> it's all is the balance of literally every single thing that has ever been created ever. It's yep. either you can take it good or you can take it bad. Boom. Postmodernism. Boom. Boom. Post-modernism. Satanic panic. Maybe. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Full circle. <laughs> all right. And is that a good place to end? I think so. I mean, we came full circle. We did. We had a nice, we had a nice juicy circle. There. Um, don't burn books, kids. It's pretty moronic. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and that's just truth. I'm just gonna be honest. And play D and D. It's as, fun as long as you don't go to Furry Town, please. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. It's been fun, everybody. Love you.